Hello guys and welcome back to Mummy Jojo Uncut Mojo Injection episode 17. Here we go. It's been an amazing week. I was really affected by Danny and all we spoke about with body positive movement last week. I have been really affected by people I've met this week and open and honest discussions I've had about mental health. Just to see people, you know, go in and give talks and open up at the end of them is the best feeling in the world. I have shared quite openly about anxieties that I've had and thoughts that just come and go. Our minds are fragile little things, but they're amazing things. And um, a support system is so, so important. So just keep talking, sharing, surrounding yourself with positivity. And that's why I started this podcast. So it would be a place for people to come and get a little bit of a mojo hookup. And I'm delighted that it's doing that. Please keep rating us so we can reach more people. That's what it's all about, helping as many people as possible in a world with so many mixed messages where it's so easy to lose our shit. This week, I have a little queen on the podcast. Lynette Gray, Annette via Egg. And we were chatting a few months ago and we've been talking about this podcast. Great to get her on. She's such a positive force very very open-minded which I love takes a lot to shock me guys Um, and I I just love how she's so frank about her own experience with mental health and I know it's going to help so many people so Lynette thank you for being here Lynette comes from Angel Pixie Love give her a follow and enjoy guys we don't hold back in this one Um, one thing I have found from my own mojo is being more open-minded and less black and white does help us um, it certainly helps with our insecurities and our anxieties. And I shared this weekend uh, about how I've been having these anxious thoughts about, oh, I've just shared my book with so many people, and what are they thinking? And what we need to do in times like that, whether it's a book, a work, relationship, a job, an email you've not heard back from, it's just to remember they're just thoughts, and people are busy, they've got a lot of stuff going on. I talk openly about this in chapter 8 it's not all about you, it's not all about me Um, worry about yourself a bit less and that is a really good tip for the mojo I'm sharing with you mental health reality talk here right, let's get Lynette on she's a queen, she's a babe great to know her, great to meet her start this rolling and as long as we can see can I just, if you just speak into that Closer, hello, can you hear me? Amazing, that's picking us up very quickly. Amazing. Awesome, so we have so much to talk about. Yeah. Don't know how we're going to squeeze it all in, but I I will do it, we'll manage it fine. So, where do we start? I don't know. (laughs) Do you know, I think we should start when you were 12 years old. Yeah. You weren't diagnosed with depression but you feel like you had it yeah I was definitely anxious I felt low all the time I didn't like myself I would lock myself in my room after school and just sit and cry I had this little fire in my room which looking back I don't know why I had a fire in a child's room (laughs) a little nighty about to go up but yeah I would I remember vividly just sitting crying and hugging myself and not feeling good enough and yeah, really struggled through high school school years. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Wish I could have given you a big hug. I know. Do you think anyone knew? I don't. I just think they thought I was quiet. Mm-hmm. I think my mum says she 
she knew I was an anxious child. Like I was like panicking if we were late for school. I wanted to be first. Mm -hmm. um, I just got really worried about things. Uh -huh. um, and you know, she, my mum has dealt with anxiety, so she she could recognise that in me. But uh -huh. I never expressed to anyone how I was mm -hmm. truly feeling because I thought I was weird. I'd lie in my bed at night thinking, why am I so different from everyone else? Yeah. It's funny, I used to write a lot in my room, and mm. I think writing, I've always loved to write, and that's yeah. probably because I've had anxiety too, my dad suffers with anxiety, it's a lot more common than we let on. Yeah. I mean, we're all born with anxiety, it keeps mm. us alive, but there's, there's different balances. I think a lot of the creative types are more prone to it, if I'm yeah. thinking, um, but, the, but the writing helped me, but I, one thing I'm aware of is quite a few teenagers tune into this yep. um, so it might be nice for you to give advice to your 12 year old self so what would you say to that girl crying in the room talk more like express I wish I'd express myself I remember the only person I really confounded in a little bit was my social education teacher Fiona Whiteman and the crazy story is um, I started to work for Lululemon um, three years ago and started to work with this girl called Katie and it turns out she's Fiona Whiteman's daughter no so I had like <laughs> Katie brings her mum in and she was like Here, here's, this is my mum and I was like Fiona, Mrs Whiteman and I felt like she was really one of my safe spaces to go to no way. Um, so that she's coming up I remember that was one person I shared do you know the impact teachers can have? I, I speak about this in um, my book, Gavin Oates, a speaker I heard last year, and uh, he spoke, he used to be a teacher, and he spoke about the ones that you remember yeah. for all the right yeah. reasons and the ones that you don't. My mum was a teacher, and she gave up for 15 years and then went back to it because she had myself and my brothers. But the power, because yeah. to raise a child, it takes a community, Exactly, right? the yeah. The power of the teacher, mm -hmm. it really is luck of the draw. And yep. some teachers just really, from a well-being point of view, yeah. it's like they just connect with you and they yeah. get you or they, they perhaps yeah. have a responsibility. Maybe she could see. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I can't even remember what our conversations were, but looking back, I think she was my safe space. Wow. Yeah. And maybe that's, maybe that's it. Maybe you just need that one teacher or somebody that's not so close because family sometimes, especially at 12, you know, maybe I, maybe I thought I was being a burden and I didn't want to worry anyone else, you know, about what I was going through. I don't know why I kept it in, but definitely talk, talk. Just talk to people. Talk to people. So as you grew older, you got into your teenage years yep. and... Did, that, did those feelings stick with you? How did you try and disguise them? Yeah, they definitely stuck with me. I just still thought I was strange and weird and my inner chat was very negative. Okay. Um, I left school at 16 and went straight into Next okay. where I was so shy, painfully shy. But Next was great because it helped me to start to build my confidence and self-esteem. I was around a lot older women and actually I remember those women, they were like mothers to me and they really like felt like they raised me a little bit um so yeah I think but then 20s as well was very anxious and okay. yeah definitely low and feeling not great okay yeah and I guess things like 
alcohol probably makes it worse. Yeah, and I started clubbing when I was 15, so I remember being in Century 2000 oh, <laughs> on Lothian Road when I was 15 years old, which is crazy to think. I've got a son who's nine. I'm like, you're never going out when you're 15. <laughs> um, so I started clubbing at a very young age. I then was a podium dancer when it turned to Revolution. Oh. Um, and then I went to um, Eros and Elite. I uh, won a wet t-shirt competition there. <laughs> Did you? I thought it was a holiday I was going to win. And it was a crate of Apple Pops. I mean, I gave it the show of my life down the paddle. You know that, that is Mark hilarious. Yeah, innocent child. Do you remember that? Yes. I, I did a Marco and it oh, said I had a white t-shirt. You weren't on. so innocent. <laughs> Maybe I was on the podium at the time. <laughs> oh, I love it. So funny. <laughs> and then I worked at Eros and Elite and I think dancing for me was a real way for me to express myself. Right. Okay. You know, without any words and any judgment even on myself because I just love to dance. So even if you had those, you know, thoughts and you lacked confidence and you were shy when you were dancing you were doing it like no one was watching I was doing it like no one was watching with furry boots on and American tan tights that's amazing because it kind of contradicts itself, yeah it contradicts right? itself but there was something about getting up on that and I remember that I would I'd been on a night out in revolution and the girl who was head of dancers was scooping the place out and she seen me dancing and she came up to me and said I want you to dance here oh. and I said no 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 I can't do that and she was like but what you're doing is amazing and I went away for a few weeks and there was curiosity and there was a fire in my belly and I was like, I want to do this. Yeah. But, you know, the only thing stopping me was the self-doubt and the anxiety. But I think because she'd said to me, I think you're amazing dancing, yeah. it gave me that self-esteem. And sometimes you only need that one person to yeah. believe in you. Yeah, because loads won't. Yeah. I mean, I remember doing, I speak about this in the book, um, an exam, an, um, an acting exam, and two girls on the panel were like, marks that girl is amazing mm -hmm. she's going to go on and do stuff and then I didn't go to drama school because I found business management and marketing it's funny how things turn out yeah um but a couple on the panel were like yeah she's good but I mean calm down full marks like you may need um, <laughs> but it was just uh, for me drama was pure escapism it really yeah. helped me with my anxiety and I could be on the stage in character yeah just lost in it and I knew I was amazing yeah was you're in your flow yeah and I, I, I focused on those butterflies those two that thought I was the bomb yeah like, do you know what <laughs> who cares about the rest like I can do this so yeah. it, that's really good and I think that sums it up for me you know even when I was young and getting onto the stage say the podium I would go to the toilet and release everything because the nerves oh, before yeah. I actually got up there were intense but it's crazy what you can actually do if you just go for it yeah and I think that was my first realization of okay if I can get up on a stage and dance with hundreds of people dancing around me mm -hmm. I can do more but the anxiety was still there but I didn't allow it to stop me that's the thing that is the power of it anxiety mm -hmm. does not have to stop us no. doing amazing things we can go out and do it I speak to people with the public speaking and it's something I'm going to be doing a lot more of and I love it and I know you do yeah. yourself they say the number one fear over dying is public speaking yeah it's scary man <laughs> it, I mean it's scary and I still get butterflies before I, I go up whether it's a room of 10 people or 500 mm -hmm. but I love it yeah how do you feel afterwards oh, is that... I love it and you kind of just have to go for it you mm -hmm. just have to go with the energy yeah 
and it, I think it's an amazing thing to do. Yeah. It's such a buzz, isn't it? It's giving me goosebumps thinking about it now because oh. the thought before it and maybe even through it there's still a bit, oh, yeah. but it's the afterwards. It's how you feel like yeah. once you've delivered that talk, it's, yeah. you're so alive. Yeah, you are. Yeah. And I think as well if you're, if you're being real, you, you learn to just let go and say, right, I'm going to... Because you can't give someone just a little part of you. No. You know, for, I mean, there's a lot of people that speak and you, you see the room switching off because they're, they're not... That energy's not there. It's not there. It's not there. And it's it takes practice. And I think all the stuff and all the research and the fact that we're so into all this wellness stuff, <laughs> self-development, yeah. it does work. It helps you. Oh, it, it honestly does. I mean, it's crazy. It's key to thriving in life. Yeah, it really is. And it, some people are like, what the hell are you talking about? But it's, it is like brushing your teeth. If you get yourself a little fix yeah. every day. So for you, you clearly got your mojo. Of course, we're still going to have issues. Yes. Right? But... What's changed for you? How have you yeah. found yourself in a better place now? So I struggled throughout all my 20s and then I fell pregnant when I was 28 and um, I had a great pregnancy. I actually felt really quite chilled in my pregnancy but then um, my son's father wrote me an email when I was seven months pregnant to say, I, I love you but I cannot be the father of our child. That's insane. See ya. And I've never seen him since. And that, for me, really like was a hard time. Mm -hmm. And then when I had delivered my son, I was in this state of shock, I think. Like, oh God, life's totally transformed. I'm now a single mum. Wow. Don't know where the, the father of my son has gone. And uh, there's no way I can get in touch with him. He deleted everything. Wow. I cannot find him. So it was really that hard-hitting time in my life that made me wake up because I struggled for two years the first two years of my son's life I struggled I was in a dark place but again I was keeping it to myself keeping it to myself didn't want to hurt anyone else by expressing how I truly felt until it got so bad I went to the doctors and I got put on antidepressants mm -hmm. yeah you were saying to the doctor because the doctor say, said to you try and do some reading or something yeah first. yeah and I remember thinking actually I don't want to swear on here but thinking how is a book going to help but my mind was so small at that point you know and not until they eventually gave me the tablets and having the tablets allowed me to see life a little bit clearer a little bit different okay so they helped you so they helped me yeah I'm so grateful to that medication uh -huh. you know it really started a new journey for me that's good. So yeah, so from my son being two years, I then started to read all the books. Wow. All the, Dr. Wayne Dyer was like my saviour and I read, say, I don't know, about 10 of his books wow. and got, I would just immerse myself in his books every day, we'd be reading, reading, reading. And then at the time, my brother, um, just I think before I'd gone and got the antidepressants, my brother had been in hospital and he was working in London, um, really stressed out, in recruitment, workaholic. And he ended up in hospital with two collapsed lungs and pneumonia. Why? Because of stress. He was just stressed, man. Just working. Hard. He's just, he can, yeah, he can get really involved with the work. So his body was shutting down. His body down. was shutting down, you know. It's time to give up here, mate. Stop being so hard on yourself. And he, a friend visited him in the hospital and was like, I really think you should start meditating. And he really respected this guy. So he was like, okay, I'll do it. And he went online and he found a guy called Andrew Johnson, who's actually Scottish. Wow. 
and um, he had these YouTube um, meditations, guided meditations, and that started my brother's journey. And my brother then gets in touch with me and was like, I really think you should start meditating. I was like, I can't do that. I've not got time. I can't do it. I'm too busy. can't even imagine sitting still. He was like, just think about it. Just try it. Like, you may as well try it. So then I started to practice meditation and it was guided meditations. And the funny thing is, like, about two years ago, my brother ended up meeting Andrew Johnson and he put this photo up saying, this guy's my hero. Like, he totally transformed my life. Wow. And then... A few weeks later, he walks into Lululemon. I was like, Andrew! And he was like, how do I know you? Yeah. Went, oh, you don't actually, but I've seen your photo. And he was like, no way, you're Ali's sister. You look like him. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And it, he's just started coming to my class. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so honoured. The meditation guru is now in my class. Are you joking? But he's so humble. He's like, oh, be quiet. <laughs> oh, wow. So it's funny how life turns out. Like he, without knowing it, had a huge effect on my my healing and my brother's healing. Wow. Yeah. So you believe, because I've written quite a personal piece, um, my mum wrote me a letter for the seven year anniversary with yes. and I was saying to you, and a big thing that's helped mum and dad is their faith and prayer. Yeah. And they're just such giving people. I mean, when you're growing up with the Bible, it's all about giving back to people. It's yeah. such a selfless book. Whether or not you believe in every single part of it, it teaches you the fundamentals of love and, mm. and giving back. And they pray every morning in bed together. It was beautiful. I mean, when Dad was really sick, obviously he was in hospital and he wasn't able to do that, but they're back to their ways. And yeah. I'm so jealous of this. Mum takes tea and toast up to bed. Like, I'm dying on the bed that you can't stand the crumbs I'm like well even a cup of tea um, but it's our seven year anniversary today as we record yeah congratulations uh, thank you but you know mum and dad that was their time and I guess it's because not everyone that's tuning in will believe in God they may believe in a power or an energy or mm. but prayer is a bit like meditation what's your thoughts on that difference between the two yeah just giving yourself that space whatever works for you meditation can look different for every individual and morning routine like that what your mom and dad have got is really special because i read a book about a year and a half ago called the miracle morning have you read that one no. it's incredible and it's all about like changing your mornings so i've now started at 9 30 putting my phone on airplane mode because uh-huh. before that my phone was on. I was getting up at the toilet like 3am, checking my phone, replying to emails. I'm oh like, no. what am I doing? What am I doing? No. Yeah. So the phone goes on aeroplane mode at 9.30 at night. Uh-huh. I then set my alarm for 6. Wow. I get up at 6 and leave the phone. I meditate. Mm-hmm. I journal. I drink a glass of water. Mm-hmm. And sometimes maybe do a bit of movement or something. But I spend at least an hour on myself. Amazing. Yeah. Full hour. Full hour. But you don't have to do it that long. It just depends. Like if I've got something else going on and I can't, then at least 30 minutes on my own. Uh It needs to happen. Yeah. And then at 7 a.m., I allow myself to check my phone. And now what that does is, because if you check your phone straight away, as soon as you wake up, you're going to be reactive to life for the rest of that day. You're going to react to everyone and everything. Right. But if you don't and you allow yourself some self-care in the morning, Mm -hmm. you're going to be proactive. So your day's going to be amazing. (laughs) So what do you do in that time? Do you set an intention? Do you visualisation? Whatever you... If you read the book, like he's... I can't even remember what he says to do, but I just kind of do it my own way. I create my own miracle morning. 
but the one thing that I really make sure is there every morning is the meditation. Right. Because that, along with other tools, has really healed me from my depression. So, and quite a lot of people say this to me, that meditation saved them. Yeah. It seems to be a common, there's no smoke without fire, so I think there's, there's definitely truth. Yeah. If you're tuning in right now and you think, meditation's a lot of bull, yeah. give it a try. Because <laughs> yeah. what were you saying about the sort of stereotypical view people have of meditation, that you're kind of just... Yeah, you might, well, you might think you have to sit there still and it's all nice. It's not, like, it's going to bring up thoughts that you maybe don't even want to see or emotions mm -hmm. but it's about becoming aware of what's happening inside okay. because what's happening inside is what is created outside like whatever's going on inside for you is manifesting outside in your life okay, right. so it's really about becoming aware of the thoughts and then coming into your head. that are coming into your head or that voice that speaks to you constantly like perfect Mom, like you're not yeah, well, if you know, yeah. if I say to you, you know, that voice that speaks to you, mm -hmm. that one that you're hearing saying, What voice that speaks to me? <laughs> there is, yeah, there's hundreds of voices in there. Some are nice, some are not so nice, and it's really silencing that inner critic, that person that's not being very kind to yourself inside. Yeah, I like that. And meditation can help you do that. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, that is powerful. If you if someone wants to get into meditation but they're really struggling to get those voices piped in because you were saying something about leading with the heart and just yeah I think um so if you've never tried meditation like go on YouTube there's so many and they're all free Andrew Johnson who I mentioned he's got an amazing voice Scottish voice oh, can and beat it. <laughs> yeah can he beat it and then um, yeah you could try out some of his meditations and um, the heart stuff I love, like I do a meditation class and I, I take people into their hearts because when you're in your heart space, mm -hmm. it's hard to be in your head. We're going to do some of that later. We are going to do some and it's really simple to get into your heart. I'm really passionate about it. That's amazing. Yeah. I I love and that's it. where all the juice is in the heart because we build so many self-protecting layers on our heart because maybe we've been hurt in the past so we don't want to be hurt again. Yeah. So we close ourselves up. But what we're doing is we're stopping ourselves from fully living. Like, I was dead inside for so many years. I was just about to say that was my next It Was it? <laughs> it was like, that's powerful. You were dead inside, so you were living, but you weren't really living. I wasn't living. You weren't in your full mojo, as I would say. or you Definitely not. The, your eyes weren't, like, sparkling. Yeah, I wasn't awake. I was, I was dead inside. And it's, it's amazing that now that you've changed that, Mm. so I guess the meditation is yeah. a huge part yeah what else so there's been a lot it's been a huge <laughs> journey I get goosebumps actually because it makes me really excited so yeah I'd done the reading I'd done a fair healing course I want to hear about like other ways of healing myself okay. um but the turnaround was when I started to work at Lululemon and this is a Canadian company who are incredible so they're on George Street just now and they opened up I think it's about just over three years ago now, but I was like, I was taken on and the first part of setting up that, that business basically. And we'd done two weeks training before the store opened. Mm -hmm. And I'd say for like a week and a half, we were just looking at personal development. We were looking inside ourselves That's to amazing. see what was going on. Yeah. 
And you wouldn't expect that for a retail. No. You know, they sell act, beautiful activewear. Mine, yeah. I'm wearing them on my half marathon. Oh, um, nice. The purple ones look dark. Yeah. They're so comfy. They're so comfy. Lovely stuff. And um, I wouldn't expect they would put that much care into their team, to be honest. That's yeah. amazing. So the guy that created Lululemon, he went to a course called Landmark Forum. Mm -hmm. And when he went to Landmark Forum, he realised what was possible and then created Lululemon. Wow. So he then had this thing where he was like, he sends team members to Lululemon. Mm. And Lululemon, they get you to write down your goals, your vision, and your one-year goals, your five-year goals, ten-year goals. And they're on the wall. They're framed and on the wall for everyone to see. Wow. Peers and clients, like people coming into the store. So my one-year goal was to go to, Lul uh, to, go to Landmark because I really wanted to shift stuff even more. Mm -hmm. So I got sent. And that is where a huge transformation happened. Where did you go to? Where Went down to London. Okay. It was a three-day course. So you start at like 9 a.m. in the morning till 10 p.m. at night. Wow. Three-day course of three day, 9 10 yep, every day? Yeah. Wow. There's no breaks really because the breaks that you get, you're making phone calls to people that you need to clear stuff up with. Wow. So you take full responsibility for your life. Wow. So I went there and got broken down and made phone calls that I did not want to make. Wow. You know? What if someone doesn't have a phone call to make and it's something else? Do they say, well, if there's no one you want to call, you can write something or... Yeah, see, so the first break, we were to go and make our first call. I was not making the call. I went out, I'm like, I can't make the call, I can't call. And how do they get you to that point, like, so, to, to know who the person is? Like, is it someone that's annoyed you? Is it... Well, they take you through, like, different tools and techniques and there's convert it's a conversation really mm -hmm. and I knew that I had to phone my mum because okay. I don't think I'd ever told her that I loved her so wow. my call was to tell my mum I loved her now to anyone else that probably sounds really simple but for something inside of me I found that really hard to put myself out there wow. so I didn't make the call and when I went back we had this other three hour stint and the woman leading it said did you make the call and I went no and you were in the room? Uh, 120. And did she just come to you? Did she see it? She was asking lots of people, but she seen me like, she, she must have seen the fear in my face because I'd not made the call. So you're kept accountable. So she's like, did you make the call? No. And then for three hours while she was going through other stuff, I was like convulsing in my seat, crying, like so frustrated at myself that I hadn't done the homework that was asked of me. It's tricky though. Yeah. It's not, that's not an easy thing not to easy. ask. Not easy, No. But then from that moment on, I started doing the homework that she was giving me. Right, okay. Okay, so three days worth of phoning people, of looking at myself, of just crazy. Did you write stuff down? Lots of writing going on, lots of meditating, um, just lots of stuff, lots of phone calls. Wow. Lots of taking responsibility for my life. And was there like music on the three days? There's no music there. Wow. Yeah, no music. Just this one lady talking, who is a hero, by the way. What's her name? <laughs> Virtue is her name. I can't remember her second name. She's amazing. Okay, where's she from? She's from Turkey. Wow. Yeah. Right, cool. Thought incredible. you were going to America. No, America. incredible woman who, yeah. yeah, I've got so much gratitude for her. And has she written some books? No, I don't think she has. Oh. No, it's very, and when you look up Landmark, it'll, you'll read that it's a kill. Right, okay. Yeah, Why? I don't believe it is. Why do they say that? I don't know. I don't know if, you know, I don't know if everyone gets what I got. It really depends. I got, for me, it transformed my life. I came out that one 
and I got a tattoo that said freedom because for the first time in my life I realised I belonged yeah. you know I didn't so want to didn't die feel, anymore you didn't feel like you belonged I didn't to the feel world. I belonged to the world I thought it was different right. I thought it was weird I thought I was I was playing small I was trying to hide myself in life because I thought I took up too much space that's powerful yeah think how many people will be thinking that and not having the, the space to say it yeah or the, the voice to say it yeah Wow. So you got your tattoo with So I've got tattoo with freedom. I love a tattoo story. Yes. I think you need to be really moved to get one. Now I'm not saying the people that are tuning in that hate tattoos, I'm not saying you can't be moved because you know what that is. <laughs> but I think, you know, yeah, a lot of them have a story, don't they? Yeah, you? they've all got a story. So that one, me and my friend who done landmark with me, we both got the same one. Wow. Freedom. She got in her neck, I got in my wrist and we done that course and then we done a second course which is Landmark Advance and the first course is all about yourself. Mm-hmm. The second course is all about humanity. Wow. So I'd done this like, it was again three days, it was in Dublin and we transformed together a smaller group of 60 mm-hmm. and we came in as strangers and we left as family. Wow. Incredible. Wow. I'd done this um, one task where I had to stare into another person's eyes but so close, like nearly touching noses for 30 minutes. Why, for 30 minutes? Yeah, why the guy, David Cunningham, like spoke us through this, like, this either, it wasn't meditation, our eyes were open, but it was just, he was saying stuff, and I was seeing into this other person's, like, soul. Wow. I was reflecting back, I was being held, they were holding me, but there was no words between us. It was just looking at each other's eyes. Wow. What did you see? I seen love. I've seen peace. I've seen that we are one. Yeah. I was emotional. Wow. I fell in love. Wow. And did you speak to them after? Yeah, I spoke to them after. And I went for dinner with one of the guys. So I'd done it with a woman to begin with who had just lost her dad the year before. And I physically felt like I turned into her father. And I was holding her for 30 minutes. Wow. And the two of us were just crying. That's powerful. And she felt like was her dad looking and the weird thing was the guy didn't know that she'd shared that with me before and he was like you're looking into your father's eyes and I was like what the hell is going on we were shaking and then the next person to come up with this gorgeous handsome guy and I was like oh no I've got to stare in his eyes for 30 minutes how am I going to do this it's bringing up so much for me and that was an incredible journey one I will never forget that man changed my life Wow, in which way did it change your life? Because I was able to look in a man's eyes without fear. Wow. I mean, the thought of it right now it makes me feel a bit intimidated. Like, some <laughs> guy I've never met, like... And he was handsome. Yeah, like a haughty, and you were like, Scott would be raging for one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, take me back to when I was single, though, I would be like, oh. Yeah, tricky. And then afterwards, you can't like touch or speak or till the course is finished. But when it was the end of that evening, I was like, "Can I meet you for dinner tomorrow?" So we met for dinner, and we basically spoke about everything that came up, and we from like everything was the same. Wow. We were having the same thoughts, the same stuff was going on. That's weird. Did you fancy each other? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you get it all? Yeah, we did actually. Oh, and he's still my friend today. Like, we wow. had a lovely time together. He's um, from Sweden and he just taught me so much and that love is still there. We're just not together. But it's the one relationship that we let go of each other, but we still love each other. That's crazy. And that's never happened before. 
So what do you think about these courses that you say some people think they're a cult, right? Mm -hmm. What makes them so powerful that you can have people in there that are just so engrossed and, and in the moment and yeah. lose all inhibitions? Like, what is it about these courses? You just go into the safe space where everyone's committed to change, to, to look at themselves really deeply and right. find out what's going on. Right. And they're open, they're honest, they're vulnerable. Right. And people are sharing. So when they share, you're healing. They're also healing. It's just huge transformation. I've just, last night, I finished another course oh. um, called Psy Seminars. And it's one that Bob Proctor like raves about. Dr. Wayne Dyer was a huge fan. And he's like, you know, the teacher that I started off with reading his books. So I went to that course this weekend and again, just transformed even more. I realised that I'm still not speaking my truth fully. So, and that's the thing about self-development every day, because I, I can preach like, right, don't be a pushover, don't be a people pleaser, find the balance. But then some days you slip back into your own way. Of ways. course, it's a practice, yeah. yeah. It's a daily practice. Daily practice. It? And it's not about beating yourself up if you're not having a great day. We're all going to have mm -hmm. crap days. That's normal. It's allow yourself. And, you know, our emotions are our gift. You know, so our emotions come from our heart. They're sending us messages to say, you know, either something's right or something's not right. So really listen to the emotions. But instead of stuffing them down, let them out. Yeah. Get them out. Get them out and open. So However, I've just yeah. been on this course. Yes, three days. And it brought, it brought stuff up for you. It brought so much up for me. And again, it just, it, it, it's made me a better human being even more. Yeah. What's changed or what one thing would you take from it that's made you better? Oh, this love. Honestly, I've got goosebumps. The love that was in that room all weekend and I just kept crying and we are all one. Like, we feel each other. We're all connected. Yeah. We're all energy and if I have a good thought about you, you will feel it. Oh, yeah. If I have a bad thought about you, you'll feel, you'll feel that. Yeah. And it'll affect you. Even if I'm not even if you don't know I'm having that thought about you. Uh -huh. We're all connected. So when I go into the heart space and I get people to think of people or people come up, I get them to pour love onto that person. Uh -huh. No matter what they're thinking or what's happened between them. Mm -hmm. Because we're all human beings making mistakes. Yeah. So it's really, yeah, it just, it just really made me realise that we definitely are all one. Wow. And there'll be some people that are like, oh, but... I, I think that's amazing. What an amazing way to think about someone else and to have that love. Yeah. But sometimes, like, that's not mm. where is the love? Yeah. Sometimes you don't feel it. I, I think with people, I can normally get this gut feeling, and maybe it's a, an inner critic, or maybe I'm bang on, where someone's just not getting you. Or mm. I, I don't know. Sometimes it's gut feeling, or it could just be that the person has their own issues. Yeah, but and they just, can't fully give. Yeah, yeah. And I just feel like, oh, this person, I don't know what it is. They just yeah. don't. It doesn't happen a lot, but sometimes I just get a vibe like, I'm not sure if they just think I'm an absolute nut. <laughs> and all this stuff. I'm talking, that, you know, when you put on your stories last week that you read my book and was it chapter two? You were crying yeah, yeah. I was crying. I was going to the egg event thinking, oh, better wipe the mascara. Oh, man. And that so was much just, came up. It was amazing because I could feel like you totally got the words. You totally yeah got what I was saying and, and yeah the crazy thing is I then read the acceptance bit uh -huh. thinking oh yeah and then I had my coaching call with my coach and all we talked about was me not accepting parts of myself 
it's crazy. Like, this is all connected. Everything's connected. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. So sometimes, like for me, if I feel like someone's not connecting or like maybe they've read that chapter. Right? Yeah. And I've, I mean, I've been saying to people, well, get on Amazon, but I've been lucky to get reviews already. Yeah. Um, and they're all five star. Listen, any review's good. So if you need to, feel free to go on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I need to go on. I've still not done it yet. <laughs> oh, no, well, plenty of time, but... We're all, I don't know, would you say, just say someone read the chapter on acceptance, because it's quite a heavy one, yeah. people are going to about the comedy, and they didn't get it, do you think that means that they're maybe not accepting things? Yeah, definitely. Everything that triggers us, or that we don't like to see, is usually because we're being that way, or there's something that we we have to look inside at. Yeah. You know, if some you know people mirror us, so the good we see in people, like the amazing things, it's cause that's in us too. Right. But sometimes the bad we see in people, it's cause that's in us too. Right. Maybe not to the same extent as the person showing it, uh-huh. but somewhere in there, right. There's a part of us. And I'm just using that as an example because that chapter, although it's about acceptance, I happen to talk about the wasps and the butterflies and mm. the people that buzz and buzz and buzz and buzz. We can all be wasps at times. Yeah. We're not perfect. Uh, we can all be butterflies but it's like when someone's buzz 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 buzzing and I always say to people look do not take it personally it's not yeah. about you it's about what's in their head but I still need reminders of that yeah we all do yeah exactly we do yeah we're not quite mother Teresa yeah <laughs> strive to be her <laughs> but it's like how can I teach Bonnie she's six she's a beautiful soul mm. how can I protect her when, when people start stinging her how can mm. I do that how can we protect yeah, our kids? Yeah, well, yeah, that's a hard one. Not to protect them too much because yeah. they need to experience life, I suppose, and but I guess find their own way. But it's teaching them not to take it personally. Yeah. And if people are being nasty, it's... Giving them that space and introducing them to meditation at that age. Because yeah. the Dalai Lama says if we can have every eight-year-old in this generation meditating, mm-hmm. there will be no war in I don't know, I, there's, a, there's a quote out somewhere, but yeah, he's, it's powerful that if we got them all meditating mm-hmm. from age eight now, mm-hmm. we'd wipe out war in so many decades, you know? Well, I guess being brought up in the church, we were praying. Mm. So that was, I was raised in yeah. meditation. Um, yeah. I think, um, would you ever do a kid's class? Maybe? I actually trained in kid's meditation and then I went and... Um, I volunteered at a school in Edinburgh for six months and I loved the kids stuff but I don't know I just like working with adults yeah because yeah. you can maybe connect with them yeah I think it gets so what I've created really is it, I call it a meditation session but what happens is we come in and I set an intention and I create a really safe space and allow time for people to share okay. and then get them to connect to their heart so what we're discussing is really deep stuff so it's a little bit more than a meditation class. It's a safe space. What if someone doesn't want to share? They don't have to. But okay. by listening to the other people sharing, they'll heal. Right, okay. Or it's they powerful. think they don't want to and then it just comes out. Comes out. Sometimes it spills out. It's like when I do women's circles and those are very much everyone shares. Okay. So at Cam on Cannon Street, we can fit, I think, 18 women and we get everyone to share, even if it's just their name and their intention just to hear everyone's voice and that can be scary mm-hmm. but so much healing comes from it everyone leaves feeling like 
uplifted and connected to each other and the hugs that you get in circle are just incredible. And I think something like that when there are very limited resources in the NHS so people that are really struggling mm. with those thoughts yeah. to have a, a resource like that is amazing. Yeah, to see that everyone's going through and everyone's got stuff. Yeah. But until we start sharing we don't realise that. Yeah, it's and it's very easy to roll back but as you the advice you gave to your 12 year old self yeah. is just talk, talk a bit more mm-hmm. and then it starts the conversation it was funny at the podcast launch um, and people were saying to me because I started the conversation I had to say a few words um, and people were going around the room sharing for yeah. me personal yeah, stuff amazing. and I thought this is a Monday night yeah. Mojo Monday we called it and yeah. people were like how are you doing and they just got deep quite yeah. quickly and I thought that's amazing it only takes one person. So for me, I'll start, I'll share. And every week I'm usually bringing to class what I'm going through. Okay. So because I'm so open, I think, and now I feel like I've got my key players who come to class uh-huh. and they'll share, uh-huh. which is so powerful. And I'm so thankful for the people that come every week because they share and then it just allows the other people to feel safe and trust that space. And have you ever been in a space where you've tried to share and you've been rejected because people put off as oh, a you fairy or No, not now. I've been in the high court and I got hired last year to do their wellness day and I went in with my angel cards and got them connecting to their hearts and there was men and women who work at the high court and they were all like, tell me more and yeah, I want to pick a card and I was really, I was like, okay, if I can do this in the high court, I wow. can do this anywhere. Wow. It's a feeling. I might sound woo-woo, the work I do. It doesn't, it totally doesn't, I think it's fascinating. Some, I, I yeah, love, and I, I think, I'm yeah, hooked. you get it, yeah, you're I'm, hooked. I'm, I'm, yeah. With, I'm with you, I think you know I'm with you, we've read the books, so yeah. you, you know me, like, yeah. already, <laughs> and, uh, but I do know a lot of people will be like, it's mm. too much for me. It's too much, but when you're in it, like, I've done another thing, um, it was at the Wellness Festival, and I think only about 10 people showed up, and one was a guy, and he was about, he must have been in his 60s, and I took him into the heart space. Wow for 20 minutes and he came out and he was like why am I crying he's like what have you done with us <laughs> I was like nothing I've just taken you to a place that maybe you've not showed, like focused on for a while wow. so you know I'm loving it because men are starting to come to my sessions and getting stuff out and men we you know we're talking about women need to rise and help each other but men are need it as well they need a safe space oh men need it so much yeah not more yeah so much I mean, let's not let's not make it gender specific. No, like know, let's, let's get the guys in too. Yeah, and I really support. I don't know if you heard the Joshua Nolan Foundation. It's yeah. all about you know preventing suicides in Scotland. I'll and give them a shout out in chapter four. Actually. Oh, amazing! Oh, I'll get to there then. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, men's health is it's massive, and yeah. obviously with dad, you know, I, I get how hard mm-hmm. it is for men to talk. Yeah, and it's just it's a it's a such a sad story, mm. but what an amazing thing to do. That just shows, you know, you're swimming through a really sad thing. Yeah, sad. Um, it's just, is it Laura that set up? Yes, Laura set up. I've yeah. not met her personally, yeah. but I've heard a lot of great things. And um, what an amazing thing to do. Yeah, so I'm here for the men just as much as women. I love when a man comes to class and yeah. opens as well, opens their heart. Oh, that's amazing. I yeah. want to do this heart stuff. Yeah. I can't believe I've been speaking for 40 minutes. Oh, have we? The time oh. is absolutely zoomed in. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I just um, I think you should write a book. Oh, but before we do the heart stuff, yeah, can, should we talk a wee bit about Tony Robbins? As oh well? yes, I'm not your guru. Yeah, so you were gifted this. Yeah, so after yeah after Landmark, I was standing on the door at Lululemon, and we would wait. Hey, how you doing? Having a night? Because it's a Canadian company, so we're very chatty. And um, but I was so buzzing like after Landmark, I just got my mojo back, you know. <laughs> so I'm like buzzy buzzy bee and this couple walked in and they're a gorgeous couple um simone and mike and they were like you are buzzing like your energy is amazing what tell us how are you like this so i starts to tell them about landmark and how i've done this course and it really has transformed my life and they were like how do we find out about it so i said well probably don't go online because all that comes up is reviews saying it's a cult I was like, actually, what to do is go to Netflix and watch I Am Not Your Guru by Tony Robbins. He's one of my heroes and he's very American, but that that um, seminar that he does is will show you what Landmark's like. It's like people just sharing their stories and being transformed. So they went home and watched it and were like, okay, we're just going to go to Tony Robbins. <laughs> so they booked Tony Robbins and this was, they went to April 2017 in London and when they were there, they got so much out of it, they transformed so much that they booked loads of other courses with him and they've been around the world. So they went to Vegas and they went oh. to Florida and um, they phoned me in the January and said, listen, we've been on an amazing journey, we'd love to take you for breakfast to say thanks. So I was like, amazing, I'd love to hear what's happened. So I met them in Portobello and they're talking away, telling me what happened. And then they're like, okay, we hope this isn't weird, but we'd love to gift you two tickets for Tony Robbins this year. I was like, what? <laughs> oh my God. Like lie? I was, I honestly was like, I can't believe this. I was like, I was so grateful. Like I've never been gifted anything like that before from people that I didn't even know that well. Like so kind. The power of people. The power of people. But they were like, you started us on this journey and we want you to experience it now. So yeah, so I got gifted two tickets. So my two, like Tony Robbins tickets were on my goals and on my vision. That's what I wanted to go to. So, you know, you never know where it's coming from. The power. The power of writing your goals, setting, getting clear on what you want and it just happening. So I went to Tony Robbins, I took my friend Alina who was blown away because she just stuck a photo of Tony Robbins on her fridge because she was like, I want him to be my mentor. No. And then I'm, she came to my class and I was like, I've got something to gift you. Would you like to come and see Tony Robbins? And she went, what? Same That's reaction as me. Insane. So we both went and we done four days with him, transformation, like eight in the morning until 10 at night. The first day we walked over hot coals and Pitbull was on stage sharing his story and singing and it was high vibrational, high state, but doing lots of internal work. Wow. And it's called Unleash the Power Within and I truly did unleash the power within. Oh wow. Yeah. Amazing. I can't believe Pitbull was there. Pitbull was there. I, I so called funny. Scott my little Pitbull because <laughs> he was like coming. Mean, I love that. Uh, have you heard his song Wild Wild Love? Yeah. All this wild wild yeah. love as <laughs> it can be tamed. Uh, and he, he was, was singing <laughs> Firebomb oh, to us. <laughs> so cool. And his story is incredible and the contribution that he does to this world is huge. Right. So yeah. That. Like he builds schools for hundreds or millions of kids. Like he's doing loads. Amazing. Yeah, loads. And that's what Tony Robbins is all about. It's, it's like, okay, you know, it's about creating your life, but then also what are you going to contribute to this world, to humanity? Leave your, yeah. leave your mark. Yeah. 
And that's that's so good for your mojo. Yeah, you so feel like you're making a difference. So good. Amazing. Yeah. Like, like just the best feeling. It's amazing. Oh, it's so exciting. <laughs> so yeah, that was Tony Robbins. So yeah, definitely we'll be going back at some point to one of his courses, I seminars. Wanna I want to go and see Yeah, it. let's go. Yeah, let's in go. In April. <laughs> Anyone want to gift me Tony Robbins that's enjoyed the book? No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, amazing, amazing. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, well, do you want to do the heart thing? Yeah, let's do a yeah. little heart exercise. And this can help your listeners if they've never done meditation before. They just want to get to a space that is a little bit peaceful. Okay. Yeah, so just a couple of minutes even. So for this to work, I would ask you to close your eyes and put your hand on your heart. Any put hand? Or... Any hand. Just put on your heart space, because when we physically touch our heart, it takes us there. So bring all your awareness from your head down into your heart space. And then I invite you to take five deep healing breaths, the deepest breaths that you've taken today. So breathing in through your nose, and I want you to expand your belly out. And then as you breathe out, breathe all the air out. Let all go. Breathing in through your nose and just take it at your own time. Five deep healing breaths. And as you breathe, I want you to imagine your heart opening up. So opening up from the front and the back like a flower. So beautiful. Allow your heart to break open. And as your heart opens, allow your breath to flow through your heart. Just visualise that. And I want you to feel the strength of your heart. Feel your heart's courage. You have a great power within you. You can really make positive change to humanity. So feel your power. And as you're in your heart space now, I want you to think of something that you're grateful for. And bring it in. Whatever your heart has shown you, bring it right into your heart space and see it and feel it. What's come to you right now? Whatever has come to you, I want you to pour love onto it. Just imagine, maybe it's a colour coming from your heart, pouring onto this thing, this person, this situation, whatever is in front of you. And then I want you to feel the gratitude throughout every single cell of your body. Feel the appreciation for this thing in your life that's just come right into your heart. When we're in gratitude, we are rich. So then connecting back to your breath, take a few deep breaths in and out. Wiggle your toes and your fingers and then gently open your eyes and come back into the room. Love that. So that's a, a wee quick in the heart space. Um, but in my class I do the heart space and we do it for 20 minutes where we're bringing basically like people into our hearts, we're bringing situations, we're bringing memories, like beautiful memories and really filling that heart space up with so much gratitude, so much love, mm -hmm. compassion and softening ourselves to life rather than hardening. Yeah, that's powerful. It yeah. brings, it gives you time to actually focus on what you're thankful for. Yeah. Powerful. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. So do you want to just quick uh, where people can find you anything you want to yeah. share you've got coming up before we so go yeah start. so you can find me on instagram mostly angel pixie love 
Um, I used to have a t-shirt brand, that's why the name is Angel Pixie Love. I love <laughs> and I do classes, I do one on a Tuesday night, 7pm at the Restoration Yard at Dalkey, upstairs in the Wellbeing Lab. Door is open, you just turn up. And then I do a class at Cam on Cannon Street at 11am on a Thursday. Um, and because it's all about, well, the reason I want to sing it is because at Tony Robbins, we sung it, 13,000 people singing the lyrics together. Wow. And it really, anytime I hear it, I'm like, yes, come on, like stand up. If somebody's trying to silence you, don't allow it. Stand up and say what you need to say. Oh. Otherwise, you're going to kill yourself inside. I love that. Yeah. Say it. Say it. Speak out. Speak out. Find your truth. And speak it with compassion, like make sure like everything you say is from a compassionate place. Yeah, okay. Doesn't have to be defensive. Doesn't, no. Just, you know, I yeah, like that. need to get out. I like that. Right, thank you. I could talk to you all day. Um, let's, let's sing, oh. baby. <laughs> okay, we're going to sing I'm Not Afraid, baby. <laughs> Are you afraid? Because I am afraid. Can you minute it? Okay. <laughs> I can't rap. No, I just want to I'm not afraid. Right, okay. <laughs> like a fucking. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to take a stand. Everybody, come take my hand. Come take my hand. <laughs> Any weather, cold and warm, just feel like you've been down the same road.